Who wants to make some money? Everyone. Everyone wants to make money. Well, here's the easiest way you can add a few bucks to the wallet. Denver's newest travel hack is here. Drift shares locally owned cars with incoming travelers at Denver Airport for a better experience in car rental. Skip the chaos to save on time and fees when you book, or you can share your car to earn to park free when you travel. Plus, there's no under 25 fee rule, so it's perfect for friends coming to visit. Drift is great if you're going home for break and perfect for extended travel like a semester abroad. Allstate Insurance covers your car every trip, and Drift cleans it inside and out. That's right, even if your car isn't rented out while you travel. Drift will still clean your car upon your arrival. Get all the info on drivedrift.com. That's drivedrift.com. What's going on, guys? Welcome into the DNVR Nuggets podcast. Harrison Wind and Brendan Vote here, Monday edition of the show. As always, we're presented by Total Beverage, where DNVR listeners can get 30% off your purchase of $75 or more. Do that by using the code DNVR2019 online or on the Total Beverage app. Total Beverage delivers to most of the metro area, now has CBD products as well. Well, Brendan, the Nuggets win an ugly one in Minnesota, 100-98 in overtime. Denver now 7-2 on the season. Uh, it, it wasn't pretty, uh, but the Nuggets got this one done in the end. Uh, what was kind of your big takeaway after this one wrapped up? Yeah, dude, that was almost like take a penny, leave a penny with the blowing a lead in the fourth thing, man. I thought I, I was nervous, and even when it went to OT, I thought there was no chance they'd win it. But another Nikola Jokic miracle, so uh, two big takeaways for me, Harrison. The first is we should probably stop worrying about Jokic. There may or may not be big picture concerns. This guy's earned the benefit of the doubt, and it does kind of feel like he's back, whether he's playing at first-team All-NBA level or not. The second man is that I had a bold take in our DNVR player preview video series, which members can find on the dnvr.com i said that will barton the third would regain his sort of like not fan favorite right but he'd regain the favor of this fan base and i think it's starting to happen man that, that second part is pretty unbelievable nine games into this thing and will bart is not the guy who's you know getting everything pinned on him after like every bad stretch of nuggets basketball it seemed like he was that guy for all of last season but yeah uh, he's been great. He's been great to start the year. And yeah, I had another big game tonight. I, I want to get to him in a little, but I guess let's just start with Jokic sure. because he did have the game winner, a back-to-back game winners. And it, it certainly does seem like he's shedding that narrative, shedding that storyline that's followed him over the last couple of weeks. Uh, going back a week plus in Orlando when he didn't look at the rim, or I guess in New Orleans when he didn't look at the rim, or was that Orlando? I don't know. All those are bleeding together right now. I think it was Orlando when he didn't look at the rim for like the first half of that game. That's true. That's right. Yeah. And then uh, just the questions about his aggressiveness and whatnot. He has the big game against Joel Embiid and then this game against Carl Anthony Towns, game winner in both. I feel like that storyline is going away very quickly here. For sure. And tonight, not his most efficient night, Harrison, just nine for 23. But I think what matters is that second number, right? 23 field goal attempts yeah. led the team by a, a country mile in that department tonight. He was aggressive enough 
and it, and it opened up the offense and he had seven assists and zero turnovers tonight. So a prime example of what it means when people say that Jokic needs to be more aggressive is not necessarily drop 30. It's just take shots. So the def- keep the defense honest. And, uh, you know, it was, <laughs> it was kind of like watching a parade float deflate slowly for seven minutes in the fourth quarter, but a win is a win. Yeah, totally. 23 shots for Jokic. Like you said, one of seven from three. I mean, I don't really know what to think of his three-point shot at this point. Like, he shot it really well two years ago, did not shoot it well last year, has been pretty terrible from three yeah. uh, to start the season. I don't really know what to think of that, but I do like that he's continuing to take him. I think that is a good sign. Going back to that Philly game, like, that was part of Denver's game plan. Keep taking threes, make him beat, guard you, you know, from beyond the three-point line. I have to think some of that game plan kind of filtered over to this game against Carl Anthony Towns. You know, getting Towns out on the perimeter, uh, you know, making him respect your jumper. But yeah, just another bad night for, uh, from Jokic from three. But I think it's good news, like you said, that he's getting up over you know twenty shots tonight and around you know fifteen to twenty in these last couple of games. That's pretty much where Denver needs him to be. Like I, f- I feel like, no doubt, no doubt. Are you? Um... Yeah, maybe we can stop asking Michael Malone questions about Nikola Jokic's aggressiveness. I don't think I'm allowed to ask a question about Nikola Jokic's aggressiveness (laughs) for like two more months. I I, I bit the bullet. I'm done. I'm done with that that obligation. Um, (laughs) I do have a potential concern question. His rebounding is is down this year a little bit Um, and, and only six tonight. Are you worried about that to any extent? that's interesting that's interesting um i mean denver's rebounding as a whole as a team has kind of been they've been off to a slow start and it's almost like the first four games of Jokic's season are a wash given his energy level and his effort um but 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 maybe also he's playing a little closer to the ground this season if you know what i mean yeah he's not getting that extra like two inch in his uh (laughs) his vertical yeah exactly (laughs) maybe that's dropping his rebound numbers i don't know uh that's interesting one thing that i immediately thought of though is like Nuggets have a lot of other guys that rebound on this team. Millsap had 10 rebounds tonight. Barton has been rebounding the ball like crazy this year. Jamal Murray is always a guard who likes to get on the defensive glass as well. Maybe that has to do with it. But yeah, the rebounding numbers dropping is is a little interesting. That's that's a good point. Indeed. I'm glad you mentioned Will Barton's rebounding, though. Uh, 12 again tonight, dude. 12. He's at, he's in the running to lead the team this season. That's like officially <laughs> on the table. It's funny because like rebounding is always one of those stats. I, I do think defensive rebounding is a tad overrated because I think to sure, an extent sure. it's just like a uh, – it matters just how much effort you give. Like if somebody really wants to get that defensive rebound, they probably can. No doubt. Yeah. Uh, but he but he's showing effort across – For sure. Across entire games. And like the – that's not insignificant, right? When a, when the knock on a guy is that, well, how will he slide into a starting lineup if he's a chucker? Well, like this is clear evidence that his emphasis is on other areas of his game right now. Um, mm-hmm. and, and the rebounding, he's been clear that that's a big, big point of emphasis for him. One particular defensive rebound tonight, that was important, man. And that was all effort. And that was, uh, I don't know how much it swung the game given that they turned the ball over right away. But to me, that was just like, emblematic of the way Will Barton played harder than any nugget down the stretch tonight and, and kept them alive. Yeah, that was a huge defensive rebound. Like Barton had he had an up and down like four quarters I felt like, but then had yes. that big rebound in overtime, had two threes in overtime as well. Uh so yeah, he was big. Uh, what did you think of 
Jokic, Jokic's defense on Carl Towns tonight because Towns, I thought, had a bit of a weird night. It seemed like he dominated the first half. Then I feel like Denver and Jokic upped their defensive intensity a bit in the second half. Jokic certainly seemed like he was trying harder on certainly. that end in the third and fourth quarter just in terms of like get out, getting out on the perimeter. He had a couple of nice closeouts, I remember, and just his defensive intensity seemed better. And Towns, he had a really quiet second half. He did, and, and some of that is credit to Jokic. I credit a lot of it, though, due to Towns' shot selection in true, the second half. True, He put up 14 threes tonight, and he's certainly capable of spacing the floor. And a lot of those shots were close to falling, to be honest. But it's it's maybe not the best way for him to use possessions. I mean, I don't know how well Jokic can guard him right now. If, if Towns is a little more active and trying to get rolling downhill, right, or, or trying to bully him in the post, um, maybe he would have had a little more luck. But it seemed like he settled for some really tough shots. So that was most of it, in my opinion. Dude, I think you can make that case for a lot of people on the uh, this Minnesota team. Dude, <laughs> they, they get, they, the biggest assist of the night was Minnesota's shot selection while Denver went scoreless for seven minutes. Oh, my God. <laughs> because that, they, that game could have been more than over by the end of the fourth. Yeah, Towns was 3 of 10 from the field in the second half, 2 of 7 from 3. So he took 10 shots in the second half. Seven of them were threes. Yeah, uh, and so, I just yeah. I just thought he could have could have gotten to the paint a little more. Uh, to, to that point, you just made, or we were just talking about some brutal shots from Wiggins down the stretch as well. Right. Yeah. Wiggins was one of six from three, like you said. Towns three of fourteen. Uh, Jake Lehman, my guy, zero of six from three. Not the Rough. best night from him. No, he is your guy, isn't he? <laughs> Jake Lehman Island. I, I think he's being used in a little too high of a usage role right now. 27 minutes, a little much for Jake Lehman. <laughs> Minnesota, that's, I. you know, when I look at their, their roster and wonder how they fare 82 games, the role players aren't great. And yeah. there's a there are a couple of I may have to Google that. Like Jordan, Jordan McLaughlin, that's a Google job for me, I'll be honest. Uh, I do have to admit, I looked at the box score after the game and – if you would have told me Trevion Graham played 35 minutes in this game, I would have said wow. you're crazy. <laughs> yeah. No, it's true. Uh, but Minnesota didn't have Jeff Teague tonight, who, who's true. a big uh, a big factor in what they do. Shabazz Napier as well, who's a, slightly, who's a lesser factor in what they do, but still. Um, so, Jokic, let's talk about the game winner because back-to-back game winners, and I've been on this a lot, but if you just look at you know what Jokic does late in games, in close games – NBA.com, you can filter down to the clutch statistics when uh, there's five minutes or less remaining with a five-point differential or less on the scoreboard. I mean, Jokic shooting 12 of 20 in those situations this season. He came into the game leading uh, the league in field goal percentage, but actually missed a couple shots he usually makes in the fourth quarter, which kind of killed his clutch percentage. Right. But um, he, he did this last year as well. He was great in the clutch last year. I think he was second in the league offhand in clutch plus minus last year. Um, this year, he's up near the top of that leaderboard as well. And I think now we really have to start talking about Jokic as one of the most clutch players in the league. These two game winners, back-to-back, uh, -back, I think he's earned that. And he's done it over a couple years now. Sure. Didn't he have like four go-ahead or game winners last year? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and yeah, back-to-back -back now. I was just trying to wonder, Harrison, who the last player to do that was. I don't. I don't in Damian back Lillard. Back-to-back games, yeah, I don't know. Like Lillard in thirteen or something. I don't know. I can't remember if that's 
but that's that's not insignificant. And you're right, this isn't a small sample size anymore. I'm wary of this conversation because I know exactly how this eventually Nuggets media and fans will justifiably so start pushing this. Jokic is at the very least among the most underrated clutch players in the league. And it just feels like the kind of thing that the masses are going to reject, like regardless of the stats or the empirical evidence. But you're <laughs> right. I, I think I think at this point he's one of the 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 ten at least ten uh, most clutch players in the league, and back to back game winners, man. For a yeah. guy who for a guy who was having a terrible start to the season, what well, do we do with him? <laughs> the funny thing about like um, these couple game winners, it's like the shot he's getting off is an unblockable shot. Jokic can't get off the ground, but the the way he keeps his body between the ball and the defender on the offensive end, if that makes sense, and just how he fades and how high that releases on these shots, it's an unblockable shot. He can get off against anybody, and um, yeah, it's deadly. Well, the thing is, too, if you get to, you know, we're fortunate enough to kind of watch him in in all these different shoot-around situations, right, end of practice before games, and he's constantly taking, like, weird angle shots, and it's just cash, man. It's cash every time. Mm-hmm. And I, he's struggled actually a bit shooting from the floor this season overall. But when there's five minutes left, three minutes left, it feels good out of his hands no matter how awkward or difficult the shot looks. Yeah, he definitely practices these types of shots. And uh, the final thing I'll say here about kind of his game winner and Denver's uh, late game execution, or, or I guess there are a couple more things we should say, but... Jamal Murray got a pretty terrible look there at the end of regulation uh, that just wasn't really too close. It was like a fadeaway contested from the baseline. Uh, Unless like Jamal Murray has the ability to take his guy one-on-one and go that step back. Like I feel like the ball should be in Jokic's hands, you know, at least for a touch with a couple seconds left. So he has the opportunity to decide what to do with it. I agree. It should go to Jokic or man, whatever that was, that was that play was supposed to be. It needs to happen sooner, right? So right, time it happened way too late. Yeah, right, and maybe make a read because Murray in that Philly game down the stretch that was phenomenal in 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 manipulating the pick and roll, and and even when he sort of had a scoring window, he would wait just long enough to draw Jokic open. So it, yeah, it was just that it all happened too late, and he had no choice but to take that shot. Uh, I've been a huge defender of Michael Malone, but at this point, man. Whether it's his team's execution or, or what he is or isn't drawing up, this team does not execute well out of timeouts and clutch situations. Uh, yeah, there's been a lot of instances about it, and um, the sideline out of bounds plays seem to you know always be a struggle just to get the yeah. ball in bounds. Um, yeah, that, that seems to be a re- reoccurring theme. I mean, we know what Denver's money play is. We know what their pet play is at the end of the game. That's a Murray Jokic pick and roll. And, like, I guess you don't have to drop too much for that. If you're the Nuggets coaching staff, you kind of just got to space the floor and, you know, let those guys kind of work it out together. Yeah, yeah, there, there needs to be some improvement there. Um, we should – I don't know if we got to toss it to a break. I know you're hosting tonight, but we should talk about Jamal Murray's night, uh, a tale of two halves yeah. for the young point guard. Yeah, let's hit, let's talk about his, uh, his performance after we hit a quick break because – gone a little bit long in this first segment deservingly so because you know we got to talk about a Jokic game winner we got it of course, of course um i hope you guys were at uh 
Never Summer, which uh, Breckenridge helped put on at Punch Bowl Social over the weekend. Um, but that event, you know, ran uh, last weekend. Great turnout there at Punch Bowl. So hope you guys got to attend it. I'm going to use this time to just remind you guys that, you know, if you're stopping in at, at one of your local liquor stores here throughout the week, throughout next weekend, make sure to pick up some Breck Brews. I can't go wrong with, with any of their different types of beers. The Avalanche Amber, of course, the Vanilla Porter Jr., the Strawberry Sky, Colorado Core. Tons of great choices being put out by Breck Brewing um, throughout the summer, uh, throughout the year. So uh, make sure to get your hands on a Breck Brew this week. And yeah, I, you won't regret it. And uh, before we move on, quick word from Vita Mobile IV. You guys may or may not have, may not have witnessed our very own Ryan Koningsberg experience a pretty rough hangover after the Broncos draft party and preseason game at Blake Street Tavern. If you haven't, this video is worth checking out on Facebook at DNVR Broncos. Vita Mobile IV came to Ryan's rescue, and I mean they really came through. Vita Mobile IV comes to your home, office, dorm room, or wherever you need some serious hydration. Vita Mobile IV is made up of professionals passionate about preventative health and the benefits of IV therapy and alternative medicine. Recover and recharge with Vita Mobile IV. Download their app. Request a skilled IV drip therapist. Sit back and relax because they come to you. Don't forget to use promo code HYD20 to save 20% off of your first IV drip. Visit VitaMobileIV.com today to learn more or just download their app and book your appointment. That's code HYD20 to save 20%. All right, back here on the DNVR Nuggets podcast presented by Total Beverage, Harrison Wind, and Brendan Vogt talking about this Nuggets 100-98 to win. Uh, so, yeah, Jamal Murray's night, like you alluded to before the break there, 6-19 from the floor, 3-7 from three, 15 points. All of those came in the first quarter. And, uh, yeah, what did you see kind of happen from there? Well, we know at some point he got hurt, right? And it was it I don't know, was it his foot that he was dealing with? I think Katie Wingy reported that he he had it wrapped. Is that the case? Yeah, I don't know uh what the extent of the injury was. I think, yeah, they called it a foot injury. He heard it it seemed like at the beginning of um the second half. Yeah, and it's and it was tough because in that first quarter it looked like he couldn't miss. It looked like we were in for one of those Pat Dinjabal nights coming a little earlier in the season than we would have expected much to our pleasant surprise. But, you know, in that second half, man, he didn't seem to have any lift. Everything looked short. Um, it, he ended up with seven turnovers. And I think that sort of lack of confidence in his game and, and his body kind of threw off what's been most of the year long, uh, pretty rock solid decision making. Yeah, it just seemed like he had no lift, uh, no explosiveness after that injury. Yeah. Just couldn't really, you know, get any power off of it. And I agree. I thought we were going to maybe get like a 48-point night like Murray had against uh, Boston last year or you know the zone he was in against the Kings in the second half or that 46-point game against the Suns. Definitely seemed like uh, he was heading towards that type of night. And um, I mean, what I was thinking to myself when he had 15 points in the first quarter, I was like, man, you know, this guy, the Nuggets have wanted consistency from this guy for these last couple of years. I looked this up during the game, but... Last year, Jamal Murray only had one stretch of four games in a row where he scored at least 20 points, and he had the opportunity to do that. He scored 20 points in each of his last three games heading wow. into tonight. 
He uh, could have gotten, you know, four 20-point games in a row for just the second time in these last two years. And it seemed like he was a shoe in for 20 <laughs> after that first quarter he had. So um, I'll attribute a lot of it to the injury. It certainly seemed like that affected him. And, and you know, maybe that's just soreness or whatever. Like, they obviously let him finish the game, so probably not a long-term concern. Um, but, yeah, that's that's almost classic Jamal, right? Just like a little nick, a little knack, and, and, it, and it keeps him from turning in that corner. Uh, it, but it does I, seem like he plays better after injuring himself at least it seemed that way for times last season, but not yeah, tonight. Maybe not tonight. But you know what, man? I I am more encouraged by that first quarter than I am discouraged by, by what I saw after. Yeah. And what I was also thinking is like, wow, this guy's becoming more consistent. Mm-hmm. And he's also doing it off the court as well because I think the Jamal Murray leadership storyline is just a fascinating subplot to, you know, the first, like, month of the season and – you know, as Jokic was up and down, to especially to begin the year. You know, he's been better as of late, but really up and down to begin the year. Murray seemed like he was the more consistent guy. And he's yeah. kind of taking over in the locker room, on the practice court. The Nuggets changed up their starting lineup. Player introductions, now it's Murray as the last guy, which I think is interesting. Uh, so I think all of that makes for just a really kind of fascinating discussion about Murray right now. Hey, we all said this would be the year, right? The year of Jamal Murray one way or another. And it's something that I think when we all reflected on it two, three years ago, thought hard about it, we knew this day would come, right? Where the outside of the best player on the team mantle, everything else that might come with with that might come with that. That proverbial torch was always going to be passed to Jamal. Um, it just looks like maybe that's been accelerated, and that's a good thing for Denver. That's almost as big a part of of him earning that 180 million as anything else right now, right. because it's it's probably not going to be Jokic. So good start for Jamal Murray this season. Good start tonight, and I'll I'll call those last three quarters a watch. Yeah, I mean they really missed him down the stretch because what did you just notice in that fourth quarter? Because I don't even know if Minnesota was playing great defense by any means. Denver was just like sloppy. So much standing around on the offensive end. So many turnovers. I think they had like nine turnovers or something yeah, in the down fourth the quarter. And it then, was, um, yeah, seven minutes without points. I, I can't remember a longer kind of scoring drought in quite some time. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I, I don't know. It, I think you nailed it. There was a lot of guys standing around waiting for someone to make a play. Um, for most of this season, as you were saying earlier, it has been Jamal in these moments and with, with Jokic gladly deferring and he didn't have any lift tonight. Um, so it took a while for, for Yoke to kind of take over in that sense. And, um, you know, eventually Barton did in overtime and mm-hmm. I'll, I'll tell you, man, for a guy who like one thing I loved about the way Barton took over tonight, I actually thought he waited often the knock on him is that like he, he wants to take the big shot or whatever, but I, I thought he waited to see what Jokic had, what Jamal had. And, and when everyone else was standing around and unwilling to shoot, he was. So uh, a lack of willingness kind of defined that that stretch. Yeah, I was just looking this up while you were talking. The Nuggets are actually um, – their offense is now down to the 23rd ranked offense in the league, 103.7 points for 100 possessions. The Nuggets defense, quietly the fourth best defense in the league so far. Unbelievable. Right? Unbelievable. <laughs> this is the second year in a row. They're a defense first team. Change Michael Malone's mind. I know. I mean, Denver put up 100 points tonight in an overtime game. Like, really? Come on. 
<laughs> it's incredible. It's yeah. incredible. Uh, any what what else kind of stuck out to you? I, I I did think an interesting development with uh, Murray kind of playing, kind of uh, struggling with that injury. Monte got some run with that starting group and. He got off to a rough start to begin the year. I feel like he's kind of rounding into form a little bit. I feel like we've seen a little bit more of the Monte Morris of last year over these last couple of games. Absolutely. Yeah, not a big night in the box score, but he was in control. Uh, played a little. We saw some dual point guard right after Gary fouled out, um, which we haven't seen much this year at, at all, I think, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, Monte's looked much better. Um, unfortunately, man, I don't. I didn't think the rest of the second unit did. Yeah, yeah, it was another tough night from the bench and some interesting developments in terms of the rotation, I feel like. Hmm. Uh, Tory Craig got the initial minutes at backup small forward in kind of that first stint, end of the first quarter, and then he played three minutes to end the first quarter. Michael Porter Jr. started the second quarter for him, and they kind of split minutes at times in the second half as well. Porter finished with nine minutes, Tory Craig with 16 I do think it's very interesting that Michael Malone is trying to get Porter on the floor more and more over these last couple of games, you know. So I think that's definitely just something to watch. And you kind of feel like his minutes could continue to get ramped up here over the next couple of games because I don't think Torrey Craig is really doing anything to hang on to yeah. these minutes right now. Yeah, that's the ba- this is was always going to be the path, right? Especially with the way Will Barton III's playing. He, he's earned that starting spot, of course. Um, yeah, Tory Craig has had a really tough start to the year. A big part of it, right, is arguably his his best skill set. Uh, individual defense is severely mitigated when he's guarding seventh and eighth men uh, with the second unit. But he's just been unable to make much of an impact on games. And I do think it, it, it Malone is going to maybe slowly start moving moving some of these minutes over. And if MPJ can. It's you know it's not going to be about shot making right. He's got to show Malone he can rebound and, and yeah the and rebounding the rebounding has been a big problem on the defensive glass. For oh, he had another brutal one tonight where he just mistimed it under the rim. I can't remember precisely in the game where that was, but yeah. the second bounce went right, right over his head, and that that I think man is driving Malone as crazy as anything else. Um, so so that's going to be the the key to earning more minutes. But you're right, it, it looks like he's siphoning off Craig's minutes here slowly. Yeah, I just don't feel like Craig... I mean, he's a much better defensive player than Porter right now. He still makes defensive mistakes. Like I right. feel like he missed, uh, mixed up a couple switches tonight with, with him and Jokic on Towns. I, I didn't feel like it was a good night defensively from Craig at all. That being said, he still is much better than Porter, but I don't know if he's making a big enough impact defensively to warrant you know, clearly playing above Porter every night right now. I think that's the case, um, but but I also think in these last couple of appearances we've really gotten a taste of why the MPJ introduction has been so slow. Yeah, um, he's you know he's not ready yet, and he he looked ready in preseason, and that was fun. But it, it's gonna be a project. I know, like for everybody saying, oh Porter needs to be playing like twenty twenty five minutes a game. Yeah, no like, way. Slow down a little. Yeah. Slow down. He's not looked great. Yeah, you can make the argument that he should be playing ahead of Torrey Craig, but you know, I don't think you can make the argument that he should be playing twenty plus minutes a game right now. He's just not there quite yet. Sure, I think for all the writhing and and the the lack of patience, which is all fair, by the way, this kid is admittedly that much fun to watch. Um, 
I think I think there's you can clearly see the logical path behind the way Malone's going here. So yeah, uh, yeah. But eventually, man, a month, two months from now, is it MPJ that plays the majority of those minutes? I think so. Yeah, I I think he is a guy who just when he starts getting more and more consistent regular minutes, I think you could see things click for him pretty quickly. Yeah, absolutely. All right, before we move on here, give some final thoughts on this one. Got to tell you guys about some game-changing coffee. StravaCraft is the CBD-enriched coffee that has really changed lives. Their reviews are incredible, so make sure you check them out. This CBD-infused coffee has taken away long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS, self-decreased anxiety, you name it. CBD is also all-natural and not psychoactive. The coffee is rich and tasty. We couldn't recommend it anymore to our listeners. As Strava says, drink deeply, live fully. Check it out for yourself today and receive 20% off when you use the code DNVR20 at checkout, and you'll get it shipped straight to your door. If you guys have a second, do us a favor. Log on to iTunes, search DNVR Nuggets Podcast. Leave us a quick five-star review. It literally takes two or three seconds. And if you want to leave an actual review, that's five stars. We'll go ahead and read it on the podcast. Brendan, do you have any or new reviews over there that, that we can read, give some shout outs. I've got three for you. Uh, right. How about a plus 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 great podcast. This comes to us from King Nugs. Amazing platform and people as an over 20 year nugget season ticket holder. This is by far my favorite way to get my nuggets information. Great work guys. Keep it up. Um, that's awesome for coming from an OG. That means a lot to us. That's awesome. Uh, uh, we have, from JB Denver Sports, moving up the ranks for Nuggets Pods. This is quickly becoming one of my favorite Nuggets Pods. Consistent content, not only during every day of the week, but also live post-game reaction. This is rare, even for some of the other great podcasts out there. Brennan Vogt does a tremendous job of setting up questions, discussion points, a true driver of this pod. I, I did not write this. Uh, the star <laughs> of the content goes to Adam Marez, though. No surprise, Adam is so good with articulating his thoughts, providing a perspective that might have been missed by the average fan. Harrison Wind is awesome as well. Uh, who is also one of the best Nuggets Twitter followers out there. This is a top three Nuggets pod for sure, and depending on the episode, number one. I am subscribing to DN DNVR today, mainly for the list. Welcome to the family, JB Denver Sports. Awesome, awesome. And this one, Harrison, much shorter, but it's my favorite. Comes to us from Ryan M. Subject, I don't care. Just a Broncos fan that wants to support this awesome company. Hell Dude, this yeah. Is, this is what it's all about at DNVR. DNVR. We want Broncos fans supporting Nuggets fans, vice versa, all the way around. So shout out Ryan M. That's love. Nice, nice. All right, well, let's uh, wrap up with some final thoughts on this one. You know, Paul Millsap was very quiet for, I guess, five quarters, including the overtime, but then had that mm. huge third quarter where he scored all of his 14 points, also had 10 rebounds. Uh, I thought he was, was really important because Denver really needed his uh, – his offense there. They needed somebody other than Jokic or uh, Murray to step up in that quarter, and he did. Not a great night for Mason Plumley. I thought just a weird off night for him. He's usually a guy who can provide just a lot of energy and didn't have it. Yeah, that's what's weird about the Mason night, right? There are ups and down nights maybe in terms of impact, but this was maybe the first game I can remember seeing Mason look lethargic. I don't know if that's unfair to say, but... Yeah, it was just a, a weird night for him, but uh, yeah. I'm sure he'll he'll be back to his typical self. Uh, Tuesday against the Hawks. Any final thoughts uh, from you? Um, the Nuggets. This Nuggets team is really good, huh? Maybe not the way we thought they'd be. 
Maybe not the way we, th- but they, but they're capable of winning games, um, defensively. Yeah. And they're clutch when it matters. We saw a little bit of that formula last year. Uh, hasn't looked quite the same, but but maybe that's the identity of this team. Harrison, grind, 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 and pull it out when it counts. Look, the Nuggets are seven and two, and I think they've played like C plus B minus basketball this year for the most part. They've got good wins over. Portland, Phoenix, which I think is a good win right now. This Minnesota team, especially on the road, Miami and Philadelphia, two teams who have been very good to start the season. And look, they have not shot the ball well. Their offense has really come and gone. They have not been consistent there, but you know, they're posting good numbers defensively right now. It's just like they're seven and two. They're one uh loss off that nine and one pace to open last season. And so I think they're in a really good spot, you know, to be honest. They got to still iron out some things, but I think they can look at where they are and look at what they've done to get to this point and say, all right, we can still get a lot better, but, you know, we're off to a pretty productive start here. Yeah, it's been a a sneaky good start to the season for Denver. I actually think that's the case. All right, well, I think that's all we got for tonight. Solid win over the Timberwolves. The Hawks are in town on Tuesday. We'll be back with another episode tomorrow. Talk to you guys then. Hey guys, before we get out of here, Total Beverage is giving the DNVR fam 30% off of your purchase of $75 or more, but you got to use the code DNVR2019. Do that online or on the Total Beverage app. Make sure you download it today. As you may or may not know, Total Beverage delivers to most of the metro area, from Lakewood to Boulder, from Aurora to Brighton, and they have the lowest prices in the state. Plus, they now offer CBD products. That's right. From drinks to gummies, you can enjoy CBD products on your next visit. Don't let this offer pass you by. Order today and receive 30% off your purchase of $75 or more. And better yet, don't leave the comfort of your home and get it delivered.